Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So uh, Joe Biden, just like he said, is making a move for your gun. I'd like to say I told you so, but he told you so. I warned you. Big moves coming to take away your firearms. Gosh, Dan, that sounds alarmist. Doesn't sound alarmist. It's true. Now, I rarely play video myself because it's goofy. I could just say the same thing again. Why play video? But I want to play, given everything going on with 60 Minutes, too, in a separate story with Ron DeSantis, an interview I did with 60 Minutes on gun control, some clips of it to show you how little Joe Biden and the media actually know about guns. I've got that and a stunning moment or many moments, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight moments of hypocrisy by liberals on the tax hike issue. Don't miss it. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data, your business. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. Joe's having some audio issues. He is there, but we will not hear, unfortunately, from producer Joe Day. But Gee's here. He can yell in any times he wants. All right. Loaded show today. Got that. Also video of a Vancouver pub owner giving the authorities the double-barreled middle finger, if you know what I mean, because people have kind of had enough. I'm not going to want to miss that either. Spring's finally here, folks. And during Chamonix Spring Clearance event, you can get the brand new Zotique Deep Correcting Serum absolutely free for a limited time. That's right. Your order today of the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness includes Zotique for free. It's time to say goodbye to puffiness, blotchy skin, crow's feet, acne scars, and even those pesky sunspots. It's time to open up, get out, and just feel great about how you look. Get compliments or simply get 100% of your money back. Order GenuCell now and Chamonix will also include GenuCell's immediate effects for results in minutes, also free. See results guaranteed or 100% of your money back. Go to GenuCell.com and enter my discount code at checkout. Uh, Dan40 is the discount code. Dan40 for an instant discount off your order. This crazy sale gets even better. Order right now and get the classic GenuCell jawline treatment to tighten and tone the chin and neck area. Also free, plus a free surprise luxury gift. All orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping. Go to GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Use code Dan40, Dan40 at checkout. All right, I'd say, Producer Joe, let's go, but we got to go with the backup Kenny Bell today because Joe's having audio problems. You like that? Kenny, thanks for the bell. Again, we haven't used the Kenny Bell in a long time. Let's get right to it. Here it is, Washington Post. Joe Biden making a move on guns, and because Joe Biden deems himself a monarch, it's forgotten we are a constitutional republic or pretend to be. Biden said, you know what? I'm just going to sign a whole bunch of executive orders trying to take your guns away. Here it is, Washington Post. Biden to take a flurry of actions on gun control. Note, folks, none of those actions actually require going through the legislative process. The kind of thing that happens, you know, in a constitutional republic, a representative democracy. He's just going to take a pen and sign Joey B, Joey Bag of Donuts, and your guns are going to disappear. And what is he blaming it on? Of course, he's blaming it on racism. I'm not kidding. If you read that article in the Washington Post, he's saying, we have to stop this plague of gun violence that disproportionately affects people in minority communities. Well, you know, gun violence affects everyone. But of course, Democrats have to introduce racism and race into absolutely everything, um, which is just incredible because a lot of minorities in largely minority neighborhoods would like to own a firearm to be able to defend themselves. But don't worry about that. Leave. Let's leave that out of the argument completely. Also, one other note on this before I get to the video. Uh, Joe Biden has nominated a 
gun control, air quotes, because there's no such thing as gun control, advocate to head the ATF. So folks, we're in a lot of trouble. Big trouble if we don't uh, speak out now. And the do matters. It means call your representatives, call your congressmen, call your senators now and ask where they stand on Joe Biden's uh, now soon to be unlawful executive actions on taking away your firearms. So I thought of this, you know, I was talking to Paula this morning. I'm down at the coffee machine in my house, little coffee machine. I'm getting an extra cup of Java there. I come upstairs and I'm, I'm chatting with Paula and she's like, hey man, she goes, yeah, because the news cycle has been a little slow lately. She goes, we were joking. Of course, she goes, ah, you should just make up the news like 60 minutes, right? Can you just make it up? She's like, 60 minutes just makes it. She was kidding. Of course, we don't make up news here, but she's like, 60 minutes made up the story about Ron DeSantis. She's like, just make up a story. And I thought it, it clicked. I'm like, we don't need to make up a story. I said to her, remember when 60 minutes came to our house to interview us about gun control after the, uh, the school shooting in Florida? And remember how the six, remember how the 60 minutes reporter didn't know anything about the issue? She's like, yes, I totes remember that. She was, remember when you pulled out your phone and showed the guy the statistics and they didn't put any of that on the air? And, it, and the guy was like, because it was 60 minutes Australia. He's like, yeah, mate, I guess you're right. That's pretty good. You're good at this. <laughs> that didn't make the show, but I have some clips. These are gems. Here is the reporter at 60 minutes who, um, Seems to think that people who rob you at gunpoint only want your money and may not do you harm. This clip is priceless. It goes to show you how out of touch these people are. Check this out. Why do I carry a gun? Because if someone confronts me in a gun in an incident, God forbid, given the extremely low likelihood, you're dead. It's over. Now, the only question I have for you is you want to defend yourself? What are you going to do if a bad guy shows up with a gun and sticks it in your face? What, are you going to curse at him? I mean, I mean, what are you going to give him my wallet and say, there you go. Uh, good luck to you. What if that's not enough? You can't give me a good answer as to what you would do if a guy confronts you with a gun. What? Oh, here's my wallet. What, are you going to beg? You're going to get on your knees? I'm not getting on my knees. You can get on yours. I ain't getting on mine. That, that's his answer. If he's confronted by a man with a firearm or a woman, could be. I mean, we saw that carjacking in Washington, D.C., right? They had a taser, I believe. Uh, his answer is what? to hand over the stuff and beg for forgiveness. You beg, you go ahead and beg. I'm not begging. I'm not on the begging class. I'm not genuflecting or doing anything. If there's nothing I can do and he's got the drop on me, he's got the drop on me, but I'm not begging. You want to be in the begging class, you go right ahead. You've got your begging man in the White House and Joey B, Joey B wants you to beg. I'm not begging. This is their answer? Just succumb to a street robbery and a plague of gun violence in the city and be a victim to the gun violence and the illegal guns as a legal gun owner and hope and pray he doesn't do anything as you're sitting there staring down the barrel of their firearm. You better hope and pray good because I listen, I hope and pray. I pray to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but I'm not stupid either. You want to beg, you beg. I'm not begging. Pretty typical for a media guy, right? Pretty typical for them. Totally out of touch, bow tie wearing elitists, right? I don't think he had any tie on actually, but you get the point. Oh, I'll just hand it over. Have a nice day. What if he doesn't want you to have a nice day? Gonna get on your knees? Gonna beg? You beggar? Beg him? Beg him for mercy? You beg. Not begging for anything. Again, 
I understand they're clips of myself, so it's kind of weird. And you know I don't do this often, but it's important. Biden's making a move on your guns, and you're going to hear the same stupid arguments. So here's stupid argument number two. And by the way, the reporter wasn't a bad guy off camera. He just doesn't know what he's talking about, so he needs to be exposed. Sorry, no Mr. Nice Guy. You want cutesy time? Remember we talked about cutesy time yesterday? Cutesy time's over. You want cutesy time? Find the new show. That's not this show. This is the not cutesy time show. I don't care if he's a nice guy off camera. He's going to get annihilated on camera because he doesn't know anything. So here's the guy asking me uh, how many guns I have. And I tell him how many or roughly how many. And he seems to think that people in Australia would think that's bonkers. I beg to differ, actually. We have a large listenership in Australia, and most of them are quite supportive of my stance on the Second Amendment here in the United States. He doesn't know any of that, though. He thinks the amount of firearms I own is totally bonkers. But I want you to listen to the end of this. This one was priceless. Forgive me. I know self-praise things, but this is a good one. Check this out. How many guns do you own? Uh, gosh, I always forget. I have about four or five handguns i have two shotguns and i have two rifles a lot of people in australia would hear that and go that is dead set bonkers yeah um that well that's bonkers to not have that's good good for you i mean why, why do you need more than one um why do i need because it's, it's not you know we have a bill of rights it's not called the bill of needs here and i don't really feel the need to answer i mean anyone no offense as to what i need i mean what, what you know why do you need that jacket you could have certainly got a cheaper one i mean it's not going to kill anyone is it uh no either's my gun because i don't you know, kill people you're not supposed to you're not supposed to celebrate those moments when they're you because they look like one of those Ah, look at me. Self-praise moments. But folks, this is, you're going to hear this again. The leftist argument there. The argument number two. Argument number one is, don't worry. Just turn over your stuff and beg for forgiveness. No thanks. Argument number two, you can hear. Well, you don't need an AR-15. Why do you think I care what you think I need? Why? Why do you assume that? Media people. I forget the guy's name, but 60 minutes, dude. Why do you think I care what you think I need to defend my family? I don't remember asking you. I don't remember. I don't, I didn't, I don't even ask Gee. I don't, hey, Gee, what do you think? I mean, he's around me about four or five hours a day. Gee, what do you, he knows me better than 60 Minutes Australia, dude. I like Gee. I don't care what he thinks I need to defend my family. I've known Joe since 2011. 10 years. He can hear me. He's nodding his head right now. I assure you. I love Joe. I don't care what Joe thinks I need. I don't care. Not even a little bit. No offense. And Joe doesn't care what my opinion is about what he needs either. It's the bill of rights, not the bill of needs. And I brought up the point that he doesn't, he had a very expensive sport coat. It was very nice. He didn't need that. I don't think he needs it. He could have saved a few bucks. Gone to men's warehouse beforehand. Got a cheaper version. The thread count on that one was through the roof. Well, my jacket's not going to kill anyone. Hey, either of my guns. I don't kill people either. I defend myself. Why do you think we care what you think we need? Well, I, I, I'm serious. Why, why are we even answering this question? Well, I could use an effort. You don't owe them an explanation. You have a right to defend yourself with the firearms that are readily available and commercially available and in use throughout the country. And you don't owe them an explanation. It's not the bill of needs. 
I don't care what they think. And neither should you. One more, one more. I know it's a little much. This is Dan Bongino covering Dan Bongino, which I get is super weird, but it's important. Here's the third one where I, and let me give you a little behind the scenes on this. Okay. So again, the 60 minutes guy comes to my house. I don't know if they thought it was going to be like a two or three hour interview for five minutes of footage, but I wrecked this guy at every opportunity. He had no point. Every point he made, I swatted down. And a lot of this stuff didn't make it on camera. So at one point at the end of this segment, he tries to make an argument that gun control worked in Australia. Um, I refute that rather easily. Um, and he doesn't know what to say after that. And off camera, this is this didn't make it on the on the in the interview. He looked at me and I, when I make this point, you're going to see it in a minute. And he goes, I showed him on my phone how he was wrong. And I was right about Australian gun control being an epic failure. And he's like, yeah, mate, uh, you're pretty good at this. That's right. Yeah, that is right, mate. That's right. I don't know if that's more of a Kiwi or an Australian accent. Not really sure, but that didn't make it on camera, shockingly. But this part did. Check this out as he tries to make the argument about how gun control was such a success in Australia and epically face plants. Check it out. The Marjorie Stoneman School is um, just down the road from here. Yeah. What do you say to the students there that say that gun control is necessary? Well, gun control is is a myth. I mean, there's we've never controlled guns. I I, I don't even isn't now the time for for well how I mean what evidence does anybody have that gun controls worked anywhere? Australia. <laughs> you have no evidence that gun controls worked in Australia. So there I, has not been a single mass shooting since the gun buyback. Okay, so and I encourage everyone to do all your own homework. There are more guns now in Australia than before the gun confiscation. It doesn't work. You missed the post game on that. That went on. I showed it to him on my phone. What did I show him? I showed him this article at the uh, Daily Mail or something like this with one of these headlines. Revealed there are 400,000 more guns in Australia now than there were before the 1996 Port Arthur massacre. And I don't know if it was this article or another one, but there are more guns now than before the gun confiscation measure in Australia he's talking about. So if the gun confiscation measure worked, why are there more guns now? And if there are more guns in Australia now and there have been less mass shootings, then that refutes his point. More guns, less mass shootings. It doesn't make his point. He didn't know that. Off camera, I swear to you. He was like, yeah, mate, uh, sounds like you're right. <laughs> of course, that didn't make it on camera. God forbid they face plant on their own show. He wanted a mo. He thought I was a dunce. He saw the square jaw and the generally... Uh, Whatever. Square looking. I get it. My my head is quite square. And he probably thought this guy's a moron. Has no idea what he's talking about. We'll get a few moments on tape here. That'll be great for 60 minutes. He got none of them. He only embarrassed himself by coming into the interview entirely, completely unprepared. <sighs> what happened to our media, folks? What happened? That's going to segue nicely into my second segment today. You know, when I was talking to Paul this morning, I'm not kidding. Like the media cycle has been so atrocious because the media doesn't want answers on any of the pressing issues of our day because we're rapidly devolving into a third world country, especially with our media. So Paul had said to me this morning, again, joking, she's like, I ah, just make up the news. Like, why not? 60 minutes does it. They made up the story about DeSantis. DeSantis in a pay for play scheme, they totally fabricated. So why not you just make up the news? I don't need to make up the news. I'm going to cover in a minute here. The news 
just completely ignoring some of the major stories of our time. Let me get to my second sponsor, but first I got a big announcement too. I don't want to mess this up uh, and, and wait till uh, later in the show and forget. I will be filling in again for Jesse Waters. Jesse had a baby. Big congrats to Jesse Waters. My man, little Jesse Bailey Waters. I will be filling in again this week. The show this week is going to be fire. The monologue is mine. I own it. It's going to be good. It's going to be in fuego, flames. Don't miss it. Fox News Channel, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday. Set your DVR. There's going to be a debate segment too. Mano a mano. And it's going to be fierce. Don't miss it. And thank you for making us number one last week, by the way. We were number one on Saturday. Guest host. Nice, because of you, because I love you guys and ladies. The best. <laughs> my kid, man, always back me up. All right, you heard me talk about my pillow. Do I talk about it? I'll show it to you. Here is my pillow, my pillow. And now Mike, our buddy Mike, has done it again. He's done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. You wear these things, you're never going to put another pair of things on your feet again. Shoes, flip-flops, nothing. Look at these things. Look at these bad boys. They are so comfortable. I wear them all around my house, outside my house. If you see me around the neighborhood, you may see these bad boys too. These slippers took Mike over two and a half years to develop, and they're designed to wear indoor, outdoor, all day long. Look at those things. Oh, the slippers are made with my pillow foam and impact gel. To prevent fatigue, they're made with quality leather suede. I can tell you firsthand, these are the most comfortable things you're ever going to put on those feet. The whole family is going to want them for a limited time. Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. Yes, 40% off. They have blankets, pillows, slippers for My Pillow. I got all of them. I love all their products. Comfort's the key. How do you get these bad boys? And they're great, My Pillow. Look at that. Just sometimes you just want to put your hand in there. Feel how nice and soft they are, right? You go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square and use promo code Dan. It's that simple. MyPillow.com, clip on radio, the radio listener square and use promo code Dan. You get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. Their mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets too. Visit MyPillow.com or call 1-800-951-7163 and use promo code Dan, D-A-N. Go to MyPillow.com now or call 1-800-951-7163. All right, getting back to the show. So, uh, yeah, the hallmark of a third world country, ladies and gentlemen, sadly, is the lack of a free press. Uh, you had Pravda in the Soviet Union. You have various varieties in Cuba of state-sponsored journalism, with an air quotes, because there's not really journalism. We have that now in the United States. Uh, the difference between the press in the United States and the failed air quotes journalism in the third world, that state-sponsored propaganda... The difference between us and the third world with the media is our media imprisons themselves here. Chew on that a little bit. Whereas you have in Cuba, North Korea, North Korea, it's not even any semblance of journalism, the old Soviet Union, even Russia today, where you have state-sponsored propaganda under the cover of journalism where they're imprisoned by a totalitarian state who doesn't allow them to step out of line. They'll be killed, tortured, or otherwise. In the United States, the media has imprisoned themselves. They've created their own prison. There are three stories I want to present to you, three critical, important issues right now going on, terrorism, immigration at the border, and the January 6th incident, where it's really mind-boggling how our media, in their own prison they've built for themselves and thrown away their own key, doesn't seem to want answers. Keep in mind, this isn't 
In some cases, this isn't the state, because in one story there is, this isn't the state stopping them from pursuing answers. And one case, they just don't want the answers because they've created a prison for themselves out of allegiance to their Democrat liberal masters. Here's story number one. Puzzling. It'll be in my newsletter today. Please subscribe, bungino.com slash newsletter. It's all free, of course. Still no cause of death released for Brian Sicknick in latest DC medical examiner findings. It's by Stacey Matthews at Legal Insurrection, one of the great blogs of our time. Officer Sicknick passed away. I'm, I was a police officer myself. It's a tragic story. But the death of Officer Sicknick that happened to coincide with the January 6th incident. We were told he was hit with a fire extinguisher and bludgeoned to death. Well, why hasn't the medical examiner released the details of his death? That's kind of an important story, no? I was a police officer. I was proud of that. I'll always be proud of my brothers and sisters in blue. That means a lot to me. And if he was, in fact, bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher, then you damn well, I want to know who did it. See them prosecuted. Harshly. Yet that doesn't seem to be the story. And while we know the cause of death for everyone else on that day, most of them were natural causes. I believe one was a, was a drug issue. The Officer Sicknick story, we still don't have resolution on. The Democrats and the media told us that he was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher, yet we haven't seen any evidence that that actually happened. Why? Why isn't the media asking those questions? Are they going to find an answer that runs up against their narrative, otherwise known as propaganda in many cases? Folks, this is a tragedy. We lost one of our finest. I'd like answers. I think you would too. Where's the media on this? What are we in, Cuba? North Korea? You can't find an answer or you just don't want one? You may say, well, that's only one story. No, 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 there's more, of course. Here's another one we can't seem to be getting any deep media probing on that we would be getting if it was the Trump administration. But the media, again, has created a prison for themselves in what used to be a free country. Here's a Washington Times story we put out yesterday. I'll play it again today or show it again today. Nothing to see here. DHS deletes the announcement of a terror suspect arrested at the border. Oh, I'll be covering this story this weekend on Jesse's show as I fill in. Fascinating. Department of Homeland Security, we've acknowledged that someone on the terror watch list, matter of fact, multiple people were caught invading the country at the southern border, bypassing regular process, the regular immigration process. And that's not a huge story the media is a little bit concerned about. Can you tell me with a straight face if it was a Republican administration that the media wouldn't be beating down the doors to the Oval Office right now, demanding why a failed border policy allowed terrorists into the United States? I'll wait for the answer on that one. I won't wait because we already know the answer. If it was a Republican administration, they'd be demanding resignations right now. But because it's cognitively impaired Joe Biden in the White House, DHS scrubs the press release about it happening. And no one in the media seems to care outside of the Washington Times, legal insurrection, which are actual conservative fact-based outlets. 
liberal media seems uninterested in the story. Again, it's not North Korea here. It's not Cuba where you're imprisoned by the state. The media has created their own prison by not asking questions. Here's another one. Wonder why the media is not more fired up about this one. Now, this is NBC. So some people, I put it up for a reason. Some people have lightly touched the story. Biden administration limits what Border Patrol can share with the media about migrant surge at the border. Again, why is this not a controversy on the front page of every newspaper in America? Hundreds of thousands of people entering the country, including terrorists, every month illegally. We have no idea who they are. There are stories we're hearing out of Texas from Governor Greg Abbott about horrible sexual molestation of children at some of these facilities. We have children, literally children, not figuratively. Six, nine, ten, three, five, eight, eight-year-old, seven-year-old kids being left in the desert. And the media seems only mildly interested in putting a light touch on the story just to say they covered it, acting as if it's not the biggest scandal of our time. Here's what I'm sorry, I'm just I'm distracted. I'm watching Fox right now. Headline, migrants being sent to cities across the U.S. I was filling in for Jesse last week, debating Jessica Tarloff, who happens to be on the left, and Jessica told me that wasn't happening. Oh, they're not sending immigrants all around the country. They're pictures of it. Do you guys miss this? Did you miss it all? Our media knows nothing, folks. What they know, as I showed you in the 60 Minutes, is wrong and inaccurate. When they don't know something, they don't probe into it if they think it's going to negatively affect the Democrat. And when they do sense that their narrative's about to shift, as you've seen with the Brian Sicknick case, they ignore the story altogether and don't even ask for the answers. Why is the medical examiner's results? Why are those aren't out there? This is an important story because nobody cares to put them out there and no one in the media is asking. All right, let me move on. Speaking of frauds, it's not just their media that fraud, that are frauds. I, you know, I, I wrote down, sometimes I wonder how I'm going to start these things off. So I put these little liners down for me, right? Are, are liberals always frauds or is it just a seasonal thing? Is it just a kind of a fall Winter, spring thing, and they skip the summer. Our liberals always frauds year round. So Joe Biden wants to hike the tax rate dramatically. Income tax rates, corporate tax rates, capital, every anything tax, anything with that ends in a T, uh, that en- begins with a T, ends in an X, that's an A in the middle. Joe Biden wants to raise it. And their claim here is that these higher taxes are somehow the path to economic growth and prosperity, right? Now, This has always bothered me because when I was running for office, I've told this story before, I'll tell it again. I will never forget being at the Montgomery County Fair running for office, Congressional District 6 in Maryland. Montgomery County is a liberal area of Maryland. And this staffer for Chris Van Hollen comes up because I'm at the Republican booth and he wants to argue with me about taxes, of course, just like the 60 Minutes guy. I had no idea what he was talking about, of course. And uh, he was trying to make that claim to me that higher taxes are a good thing. They're better for everyone. Fair share, all that nonsense, you know, BS that liberals bring up all the time. Um, and I said to him, I said, okay, that's, that's an interesting point you make, how high taxes are such a public good and so valuable for society. I assume that's why you support them. You just said you do. I said, how much do you voluntarily pay more in taxes to the government? Folks, I kid you not, the dude looked at me so annoyed, like how dare I ask him that question? And I thought it's a fair question, is it not? My wife and I donate to charity. We're not forced to. Nobody makes us do it. Um, we do it because we believe it is a public good that there are people in the public that will be better off because there's money we have to spare that they can use better than we can. That's why we do it. I'm not looking for anybody's accolades. That's why many of you give to charity. That's why I give to family and friends. 
One of my friends is about to get my Raptor super cheap because he's a good guy and I like him. And I think it'll make his life better off. He needs a work truck. No one's forcing me to do it. So if you believe the same thing about taxes, libs, horse blinders on, especially the college libs that listen to my show and are on the verge of being convinced that freedom and liberty is a good thing. Simple question. Why don't you give more to the government like people give to charity? If you think it's such a fantastically good thing for the development of our collective society as a whole, then just give more. Nobody's stopping you. But you don't. Not only do you not give more as you're lobbying like Joe Biden is now and the Democrats in Congress to raise everyone else's taxes, not only do many of you not give more, I think the highest year we had of voluntary tax payments made to the government was like 12 to $20 million. Think about that. In a society of 330 million people, only $15 million in voluntarily higher tax revenues were paid. Just think, if every liberal in the country gave a dollar, that would be about $80 million. They don't even do that. They don't even do that. Not only do they not give more liberals why they want you to give more, they give less. They give less. Look at this. New York State. If you live in New York State, I grew up in New York. I love New York. I feel very bad for you. Story in the Wall Street Journal. New York taxes ready to go skyscraper high. A week of desperate Cuomo caves to the left and everything. It's not just Joey B., Joe Biden, who's getting ready to hike your taxes federally. If you live in a liberal state, your taxes, your taxes are about to go through the roof too. This is crazy. Cuomo's about to lift the marginal tax rate to 10.9% from 8.8%. Add on New York City's top local tax of 3.8. And you're going to pay to the city and state of New York 14.7% of your money. In addition, in addition to the 39% Joe Biden wants you to pay when he hikes your income taxes federally. How does that make you feel working half of your time to pay off a government that's going to flush your money down the toilet. We know how it makes you feel. It makes you feel terrible, even though you say you want higher taxes for everyone else. Why? Because people are moving out of New York in mass and moving to Florida, where the income tax is as astonishingly high zero. Some quick numbers for you before I get to the hypocrisy component. I'm not done with that. Don't go anywhere. Here's a, some numbers for you, folks. New York's population is 19.4 million. You know what their budget is? $192 billion. The budget for New York City alone is $85 billion. Keep that in your head. Keep it in the melon there, rotating around. So the population of New York, $19 million. The population of Florida is $21.5 million for liberals. That means there's more people in Florida. $21.5. That's more than $19.4. The budget of New York, I told you, was $192 billion. Well, you think Florida with a million more people would have a budget that's probably higher. The budget in Florida is 90 billion. Half. Half of what it is. And I got news for you. I live in Florida. The roads are great. The DMV down, you're out here in 15 minutes. You go in, you get a license. They even have a quality control check at the end. How do you feel about our service? They don't do that, I don't think, in New York because the answer is in a zero to 10 scale. It's a zero. You want to vote in Florida? Everything's run cleanly. The sheriff down here is amazing. How is that? Well, population's larger than New York, and we spend half as much money, and the government runs better? 
Maybe because it's run by limited government conservatives and not buffoon big government liberals who want to raise taxes on everyone else but are hypocrites themselves. Really? They're hypocrites? Of course they're hypocrites. Let's go through the list of principled liberals. And believe me, I'm using air quotes on that one. Who practice what they preach. And of course, they want to pay higher taxes because they think they're a public good, just like that phony I ran into at the Montgomery County Fair. Just kidding, of course. This is going to be the list of liberals who do everything they can to avoid taxes. Let's go to story number one. I tried to diversify the sources here just to make everything nice, nice. Here's seacoastonline.com. John Kerry docks his yacht in Rhode Island and avoids $500,000 in Massachusetts taxes. (laughs) Again, it's not just that they don't voluntarily pay more. It's that they do everything they can to pay less. Less. (laughs) Oh, come on. That's just one example. No, no, no. There's more. Here's our buddy Joey B. Joe Biden used a tax code loophole Obama tried to plug. The former vice president structured his speaking and writing business in a way that would cut his tax bill. Now, folks, I have an S-Corp. I write books. But I'm not, I'm not lobbying to hike your taxes. Joe Biden's not only lobbying to hike your taxes, he's doing everything he can to use an S-Corp to pay less. <laughs> he just want to pay more. He wants to pay less. All right, Dan. John Kerry, Joe Biden. Clearly, there's a couple of principled liberals. No, I haven't found any yet. Here's another liberal, uh, what did you call them? The luminaries. He called them luminaries. Liberal luminaries. I thought that was great. Here's another liberal luminary. New York Times. As Sharpton rose, Al Sharpton, that is, liberal luminary, so did his unpaid taxes. I thought higher taxes were a public good. I, th- I thought that. I thought maybe I'm, I'm confused. All right, Joe Kerry, uh, John Kerry, Joe Biden, Al Sharpton. Who else? Oh, look at this one. Fortune Magazine, the Clintons. Clintons seek to avoid a tax they once supported. The hypocrisy just never seems to end. Let's check out this Hollywood Reporter piece because MSNBC loves higher taxes. That's chock full of liberals there. Hollywood Reporter, four MSNBC hosts owe tax debts. This is strange. My gosh, surely there's a liberal somewhere who practices what they preach. Yet to find one. There's one more. Remember Tom Daschle? Prominent senator on the Democrat side? Politico, back taxes were a stumbling block for Daschle. Maybe Tommy D should pay his taxes. I thought they were paying more. I thought higher taxes were a good thing. Oh, come on, Dan. All right, politicians, MSNBC. It's definitely not cabinet secretaries and people who are like the secretary of treasury on the Democrat side. They clearly back up their higher tax plans. I mean, they were secretaries of the treasury. Here we go, Tim Geithner, Forbes magazine. Tim Geithner's tax troubles are serious. Turbo tax, Tim. Tim A, nice job, bud. Everybody else's taxes that go up, but don't pay them yourself and get that. Here's one last one, just to kind of throw it in there. Remember Charlie Rangel, prominent congressman from New York? I think he was the uh, chair or ranking of the Ways and Means Committee. Very powerful committee. Raise money, raise taxes, do all that juicy stuff. New York Times, Charlie Rangel owes U.S. back taxes, his lawyer says. <laughs> A lawyer says. <laughs> <sighs> What's that? 
Yeah, the whole squad. He's right. We got the squad. This is the 1992 Olympic Dream Team here. Why? Why do you believe these people? I, I, I mean, I want your taxes to be lower, even if you're a liberal, because I firmly believe economic liberty and freedom matter, and that you will always spend your money better than the government. Always, they will waste it. Liberals believe otherwise. Higher taxes are some great public good. And yet none of them actually do it, which says to me that they don't believe what they're telling you and they think you're a moron and a sucker. And if you believe them, you are a moron and a sucker. Very sorry to break the bad news to you. No one wants to hear they're a moron or a sucker, but you've been suckered. Joe Biden, we need to all pay higher taxes. Why don't you do it, Joe? <laughs> taxes? Am I going to give those idiots in the government any money? Oh, what? You are those idiots in the government. All right, let me get to my uh, third sponsor. And on the other side, I got some video. More Joe Biden, uh, cabinet secretary genius. She says there's no evidence the Trump tax cuts were. <laughs> Whatever. I got that. And then the video at the Vancouver pub. Don't miss that. People are fighting back. Today's show brought to you by Patriot Mobile. You know, I'm taking on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Been doing it for a while. Patriot Mobile is taking on the mobile provider swamp. They have great news to share. Patriot Mobile just expanded their coverage. It'll make it easier for even more Americans to dump the big name carriers who charge way too much and then go and donate money to leftists. I've always been proud to partner with Patriot Mobile because they never sent a penny to the left and they're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They made a nice donation to Folds of Honor, by the way, because they're a good company. Switch with confidence. They use the same network as the larger providers, but they charge much less. Switching is super easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone or buy a new one. Build your own bundle with multi-line discounts and save even more. Here's how you do it. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Veterans and first responders save even more because they care. This month, get free premiere activation where they set up the phone for you and a special gift with the offer code Dan. Don't wait. Go today. Save money with this great company. Patriotmobile.com slash Dan. Patriotmobile.com slash Dan or call 972-PATRIOT today. Okay. Just quick on this, uh, following up on this tax issue, these frauds, they want your taxes to go up while they do everything they can to pay less themselves. Here is uh, Joe Biden's Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo, who once was a sane Democrat, seems to have lost it. Uh, here's a 10-second clip of her saying uh, yesterday that there is absolutely no evidence there that the Trump tax cuts worked and led to growth and productivity. No evidence at all. So listen to Gina Raimondo here and I mean, we'll refute this thing lickety split. Check it out. With respect to taxes, there is not a shred of evidence to show that the cuts in 2017 increased growth or productivity. Actually, very little of it went into additional R&D. Oh, these people even read. Do they even read? This is one of those like, bro, do you even read moments? So there's his commerce secretary in front of what could be a nationally televised audience at any given time claiming the Trump tax cuts. There's no evidence. Her words, folks, not mine. There is no evidence that they led to growth or productivity. So it took me all of about five seconds. And I used a liberal source here for a reason, because I know liberals watch my show and they say, Oh, if you use heritage foundation or something like that, we're not going to believe it, even though they're facts because we're liberals and we're just looking for a reason to start an argument. So I went to PBS. Here's an article on PBS.org. How Trump's tax cuts are boosting GDP and why that might not last. 
Now, for liberals listening, GDP means gross domestic product. Now, notice Gina Raimondo said that there's no evidence that increased growth or productivity. Well, gross domestic product measures productivity and growth. So here's the PBS article. The U.S. economy grew 3.5% in the third quarter of 2018, according to the Commerce Department. Ironically, where Gina Raimondo works now. That's a slowdown from 4.2% GDP growth. I thought there was no growth. Wait, wait, wait. This can't be. The Commerce Department's own statistics where Gina Raimondo works in the Commerce Department said there was growth, but Gina Raimondo told us there was no evidence of growth. The latest figures, PBS article says, give President Trump, this is written when he was on, who has frequently promised at least 4% GDP growth, something to point to as evidence that his policies are helping the economy. No, there's no, there's no evidence, despite the evidence in our own Commerce Department data. You know, facts and data and that kind of thing, numbers, spreadsheets. You can check it out sometime, Gina. It works great. Just ask your own Commerce Department. Again, that's why I use PBS because I know how liberals are. If I put up the Heritage Foundation, they'll say, it must be a lie. Okay, whatevs. There you go. There's your buddies at PBS. All right, moving on. So one of the evergreen topics of the show that keeps creeping up every day is, ladies and gentlemen, people around the world, not just in the United States, are really getting tired. I, I, I had an old history teacher in high school. I talk about him often. He was a Democrat, but he was a good guy. And he used to say, the reason we don't have more of a pushback in the United States on a lot of things is because we have a middle class and people have a lot to lose. He used to say, you know, the most dangerous people out there are people that have nothing to lose. That's why you see in, in countries, third world countries that are struggling, that have large populations of their, uh, large swaths of their population in deep poverty. You see these revolutions and you sadly see violence and terrorism all the time because the people there have nothing to lose. We do have a lot to lose in the United States. That's why you don't see more of a pushback. Folks, people are having a lot to lose now, and we are crushing our middle class through these absurd, outrageous, counterproductive coronavirus lockdowns, which there is zero evidence whatsoever work at all. The places that have lockdowns are suffering some of the worst coronavirus outbreaks right now, and the places that don't, like Texas, are seeing their numbers drop. I'm not telling you those two factors are causal. I'm just telling you they're not correlational in the way the liberals want them to be either. There is no correlation between lockdowns and suppressing the virus. None. Here's a Vancouver, a Vancouver pub owner. A couple of health inspectors walk in, I guess, try to shut the place down. I want you to watch, and if you're listening audio, listen in the background, especially the crowd at the end. Place is crowded. Good to have people out doing their thing, people eating and living their lives. And uh, not only is the restaurant owner fed up with this nonsense and saying, not today, not on my watch, not today. They've come after her since then, by the way, since this happened. But I want you to listen to the patrons in the place, too, who've had about enough of this crap, too. Check this out. So we just got Philo and Health Inspector here. Get up! 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 Get up!
You need to watch that video. Go to rumble.com slash Bongino. Check it out. It's worth your time. They're going after that lady, by the way. Not all these stories. I don't want to uh, give you some false illusion here that everything has some happy ending. Some of these stories don't. You know, I traveled around. I went up to Attila's gym in New Jersey and worked out there. I got the tattoo in North Carolina with the guy whose tattoo shop was shut down. But folks, not all these stories are going to have happy endings. A lot of people are going to lose. They're going to lose a lot. But they're brave and they're willing to do something. Consent to the governed matters in a free and fair society that respects and honors liberty and personal dignity. When that all starts to evaporate and you take everything from people, their livelihoods, their businesses, their dignity, they're going to fight back. You're going to see more of this. And to anyone listening in Canada, the United States, or elsewhere, you think these lockdowns are a good idea, I'd encourage you to sincerely reevaluate your position, folks. Because once you lose the consent of the governed, you're going to start seeing more of this. You know, the do matters. The talk is cheap. I say it all the time. And people are going to start fighting back. They're going to start opening up their businesses. They're going to start organizing with other businesses, opening up together. And there's not enough of you to stop them. And once you lose that respect and credibility, it's exceedingly difficult to get it back. All right. I got two more stories for you. They're good ones. So I've got uh, an article out of CNS News about the governor of Texas who has a great idea to fight back about the Democrats' efforts to destroy free and fair elections. And then this tweet by United, you probably saw yesterday, I wanted to get to it, but I had so much going on yesterday, about how race is now replaced class warfare with the communists as a way to destroy the meritocracy and put you in danger. Different angle. You probably haven't heard in the story. All right, our last sponsor today, our friends at LifeLock. The IRS issued an urgent warning about a new scam to steal the electronic filing identification numbers from tax professionals over email. Cyber criminals can use this information to file fraudulent tax returns. Tax professionals should be aware of the latest phishing scams, but individuals should also take steps to help protect themselves. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put our information at risk on the internet. In an instant, a cyber criminal could harm what's yours, your finances and your credit. Good thing there's LifeLock. I have LifeLock. I have it for my whole family. I have it for my kids. I have it for my mother-in-law because my identity was stolen and it really sucked. I don't know any other way to say it. It was horrible. It took me a year to clean it up. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity th- uh, threats like your social security number for sale in the dark web. If they detect your information has been potentially compromised, they'll send you an alert. Listen, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can keep what's yours, yours with LifeLock identity theft protection. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. It's a great deal by going to LifeLock.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Go to lifelock.com slash Bongino. Save 25% off. I've got it for my whole family. Don't risk it. Lifelock.com slash Bongino. Save 25% off. Okay. I want to applaud Governor Abbott. We've had some differences on some things, but I think he's finally starting to get hold of Texas and realize these lockdowns were a total disaster. Uh, Got rid of the mask mandate. Got rid of the lockdowns. He's opened up the state. And surprisingly to liberals, not to us, cases have gone down. Now, folks, I listened to a great podcast. I like uh, Russ Roberts' show. Uh, but he had a guest on, a medical, an actual medical expert, talking about why the lockdowns didn't work. Because think about it. You know why I don't support them, okay? We all clear on that because I don't want a 1,000 
hate mails from supporters of, of the show. Who don't, don't mistake what I'm saying. I do not support lockdowns at all. Everybody cool with that? All right, good. Now that we said that. On their face, right, you would think they would work. You would think they would work. But when I listened to this medical professional on this podcast explain why they did, and it was fascinating. He said they don't work for a couple of reasons. He said, number one, people don't really lock down. They don't lock down. They have to go buy food. They have to get gas in their car. Their, their kids have to go to the doctor. Like, people don't really, it's not really a lockdown. So the lockdowns don't work because there are no lockdowns. Everybody cool with that? Abbott missed that when they first, you know, Texas, he was a little shaky when we first started here. But secondly, we know the disease, the virus, the coronavirus, transmits more easily where there's limited airflow and where there's poor in, in circulation, which happens where, folks, it's a shocker to liberals listening, indoors. So you're forcing people to stay indoors, number one. And when they have to leave, they're leaving anyway to go indoors to other places to go and buy food. So nothing you did worked. These things don't do anything. So Abbott was a little shaky on that, but he's been coming around and I like it. Here's an article by CNS News. It's actually in yesterday's show notes if you subscribe to the newsletter, but read it. Governor Abbott in Texas is a great idea here. Here, Texas will move its election day if HR1 passes. I love this. So here's the gist of it. And I encourage you to read the piece. The Democrats want to pass this absolutely dreadful apocalyptic country destroying piece of garbage legislation called HR one, which will wreck elections from this point. No voter ID, total chaos, ballot boxes everywhere. It'll be a complete total disaster, free and fair elections, throw them out the window. If this thing passes, it's the end of free and fair elections as we know it. HR one. So Abbott says, listen, your HR one bill, that's a federal bill about federal elections, right? So Abbott says, I got this great idea. If you numbskulls federally are going to pass this stupid piece of legislation and are going to wreck federal elections, well, I'm just going to move Texas state elections to a different day and we'll do our own thing. You know, voter ID, free and fair elections, custody over ballot boxes, that kind of thing. Yes, yes, yes. Can I encourage, please, every Republican governor across the country who's got cojones, some of them don't, to do this same thing? That way we can kind of uh, defenestrate this H.R. 1 disaster before it gets ahead of steam federally. Everyone should just put it out there right now if you're running a state as a Republican. Yeah, we're going to do the same thing. Take the teeth right out of this dreadful piece of legislation. Nice job, Governor Abbott. All right, another story I wanted to get to yesterday. It blew up, and it's an important story because it matters. Folks, it gives me no joy, obviously, in saying the constitutional republic, we, the great constitutional republic we live in now, it's fraying. It's disintegrating. It is. I'm not telling you this is the end. I don't believe it's the end. We've been in really bad places before, and we've always come back. There's something about people in the United States who largely learn for freedom, yearn for freedom and liberty. That's why they come here. They are not going to be, they are not going to allow their liberty and freedom, like the thumb to be pushed down on that scale forever. They're just not going to let it happen. There's no evidence throughout the history of the United States that that model of government, oppressive government is going to last here. Having said that, I'm not optimistic about the short term. 
Did you see this tweet yesterday from United Airlines? United. Your one job, United. You had one job. You know that line? You had one job? Your one job is to get people on a plane from one location A to second location B safely. That's your job. I don't care about your entertainment. I don't care about your flight attendants being funny. I don't care about the pretzels or the peanuts. I'm on the plane to land it. Here's what the tweet says. This is from United, their blue checkmark account. Our flight deck should reflect the diverse group of people on board our planes every day. It should. I thought it should reflect competent people who could land the plane. That's why we plan for 50% of the 5,000 pilots we train in the next decade to be women or people of color. Learn more and apply now. You know, my last line of work, I flew a lot of military planes and you'd fly around the world. And the great part about military planes is it's not like a commercial flight. You just lay down on the floor, go to sleep, bring a yoga mat, whatever. It gets a little cold on the floor, so you got to be careful. But I get to talking to loadmasters and pilots on these military planes, you know, C-5s and C-17s. We flew a lot in the back. And um, I said to a pilot one time, I was talking to him, how hard is it to fly a plane? And his response, so listen, pilots out there, don't send me any nasty grams. This is what he said. I'm not saying this. He said, it's not hard to fly a plane. He said, it's really hard to land a plane though, which I thought was a great line. And I never forgot that. The flying part's pretty easy. It's the landing thing you really got to stick. So to United, just a piece of advice here, maybe focus on landing the plane. I, I love when I take notes to myself as if I'm, but this is important. A few notes on this. We are rapidly devolving into a mindless, soulless, box-checking society. Folks, diversity for the sake of diversity is a meaningless, liberal, focus group-tested talking point that is code, by the way, for discrimination. No, I mean real discrimination by liberals. Because when you start box checking quotas like United Airlines is planning to do here, we're going to do 50% are going to be women, 22.5% people of color, 11% immigrants, 11% people from France, whatever. All of a sudden, what becomes your priority? Think, think it through, Libs. I know this is tough. Your priority all of a sudden becomes checking the boxes, not actually checking the competency of the people who are landing the plane. That's your only job. I have no problem. I recommend you go recruit. Go recruit at historically black colleges. Go recruit from the uh, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Army. I'm sure there's women there who are more than competent. But to set quotas and to expect to be celebrated for it, we are devolving. We are not evolving. We are devolving into a soulless, Borg-like hive mind where box checking is everything and experience and skill is nothing. Folks, the Marxists and the communists figured out a long time ago, I've told you this, that they're incessant focus on instituting class warfare as a way to destroy capitalism was not working very well in the United States. Did work elsewhere. Cuba, North Korea, the Soviet Union for a little while, China. 
But their whole proletariat versus the bourgeoisie didn't work very well in the United States. And the reason the class warfare struggle they wanted to start here to overthrow capitalism and the Constitutional Republic never really worked, although never really went away either, is because people in the United States know that the rules apply generally to everyone. You work hard in the United States, you go, you get a degree, you go to a trade school and develop a high quality trade. You get an electrician's union in New York, local three, whatever it may be, you're going to make a decent living for yourself. So it's very hard for communists to sell to those people who are living a decent middle-class life, that local three electrician in New York, that my gosh, communism would be so much better because those bread lines are so much more appealing. Because we have a middle class here. And as my history teacher told me in high school, they have a lot to lose. They're not going to give that up to give a shot to Marxism. What does that have to do with this story and how we're devolving into this mindless, soulless, box-checking, quota, focus group-tested liberal hellhole? Because if they can't destroy the United States by class warfare, because people don't see it that way, they know they can get ahead. They'll use race. They'll use race as a vehicle to dissolve the meritocracy completely because the meritocracy is what they want to get rid of. Because the meritocracy, you using their own merit, your merit to get ahead, going to a trade school, going to college, getting a degree in engineering or STEM, earning six figures and buying a house in the suburbs with your two and a half kids and a dog. The meritocracy is what got you there. And you know it. And you know your kids can do it too. That a little bit of merit and hard work and you'll get ahead. Liberals need to destroy that. It's the only way to take down capitalism in the Republic. Do not doubt me, Hattip Rush Limbaugh, the great one. So how better to destroy a meritocracy if class warfare isn't going to work than to institute a system of racial quotas where it's not merit that matters, but race. It doesn't matter that you flew 270 combat missions and one of the finest pilots in the Navy. You happen to be a white male. It's not a box you can check. So we're going to find someone different to try to land that plane. Well, can they actually land the plane? Eh, probably not, but doesn't matter. They fit a box we checked. What better way to institute strife and chaos in the United States than to sick everyone against one another, destroy the meritocracy, and make it a box-checking system exclusively? You think they're doing this by accident? Race warfare is what's taking place of their class warfare struggle they've tried to institute forever, and it's a damn shame. The whole content of character argument I thought the United States stood for has gone entirely down the drain. It's a shame, folks. It really is. I hope there's a revolt against this nonsense soon and we all get our common sense back. All right, thanks again for tuning in. Again, I will be in for Jesse Waters. Set your DVR, I promise you it's going to be a good show. It's the first time I got to tailor a monologue myself. So I think you're going to dig it. Saturday at 8 p.m. And please subscribe to my show rumble.com slash Bongino for the video version. It is free. Follow, subscribe, whatever. It's right there. It's all free. Check it out. Watch that video on the Rumble account. I think you're going to like it. Thanks for tuning in. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.